0: Around the NFL podcast he
1: eats meat and lots of it. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hanses. I'm joined in a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? And eat that meat, Mark Sessler. Come on back. We're waiting. Hey, Dan.
2: <laughs> I mean, the money tags are becoming more bizarre by the week, well, we do, and know, also factually incorrect. I'm on back to some degree.
3: Dan had some Korean barbecue this weekend. I mean, oh. we we love the meat. Uh, you know, you, you were not included in that, but the three the rest of us make up for you.
1: Not only did I have Korean barbecue, I mean, what a family affair this podcast is. Korean food in Koreatown, uh, chosen by Greg. I see, Greg, <laughs> tell us, tell us, my wife and I where to go. Went to this place that he liked. We need somebody to watch the kids. Chris Wessling, Uncle Wes, wow. and Aunt LaKeisha watch the boys. <laughs> Good boys. And um, and now we're all together here in the studio. And Mark, you were around.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I didn't play any any serviceable role. there. Mark, keep getting left out of
1: these things. No, I mean, I feel like you would be happy to be left out of that. You know, child I yeah, child, rearing, child care is something own. I'm
2: already involved with. Exactly. And picking out meat restaurants is not something you would go to. <laughs>
1: Um, this is the week four Sunday recap show, our flagship show. Uh, so we're going to go through all of the games that were played on Sunday one by one as we do every week. Uh, it's also streaming on video. Uh, so we get, we have everything coming to you guys, uh, great content. And it was a week, uh, Greg, where if you went to an NFL game Hmm. uh, and you wanted to root for your favorite team, there's a good chance you went home disappointed, Home teams two and eleven. What in week four entering Sunday night? We don't know, at this time we don't know what's going to happen uh, in New Orleans. Uh, but two and eleven
3: the home teams went in week. That's four, outrageous. Including I, Thursday I, night. I'm taking a stand. That is outrageous. Although I do think home field advantage it's a little overrated. Yeah, you know, we always we make a big deal out of it. ultimately. Well, this week it was. Yeah. Well,
2: I don't think it's overrated as a. <laughs> it's just like concept. it's just like a yeah. It's
3: just sort of like an extra little. Thing. But, you know, you make a big deal about it. Come on. Calm, calm down in September.
2: All right. <laughs>
3: okay. That's an interesting...
2: I thing. thoroughly disagree, but I but I hear what you're saying, Greg. So we're going
3: to go through all these
1: games. Many of them, as I just said, will feature mm. teams on the road that stepped up in a big way. And why don't we start in the game everybody was excited about, Western New York, the Buffalo Bills, 3-0... and Feeling themselves, welcome the New England Patriots to town. Would the Bills make a huge statement, or would the Patriots do Patriot things?
0: And a third and ten snap to Barkley drops back. There's pressure. He's hit. Ball high in the air. It'll be intercepted. Jamie Collins down the left side.
1: First out of bounds. But the interception was forced by Kyle Van Noy, who hit Barkley with a deflection to Collins. With 1:27 to go here on the fourth. Bob Sochi with the call. Uh, do we have Scott Zolak on suspension on the show after his absurd, ridiculous Antonio Brown cheerleading in week one? Is that what we're doing, Ricky? All right, don't worry about it, Ricky. Good talking to you.
4: Uh, Patriots <laughs> to Radio Network with
1: the call. Uh, yes, Jamie Collins comes down with a loose ball off the hit from Kyle Van Noy on the pass attempt from Matt Barkley. 127 to play ceiling. A Patriots 16-10 to win over the Bills in Orchard Park. The Bills made this a game after a very slow start, but there would be no magic when Barkley replaced an injured Josh Allen. Greg, who bravely locked up the Patriots in this game. That's, that's goddamn right. Didn't see a lot of offense on display in Buffalo.
3: No, you asked, uh, you know, going into this game, did the Bills make a statement or did the Patriots do Patriot things? I, I guess it's both because the the Bills made a statement. They made Tom Brady look worse than he has in In a long time. This was his lowest passer rating since 2006 in a game. It's the most passes he's ever thrown in a game uh, without getting to 200 yards. Didn't even get close. He had 150. He was under 50% uh, completion. They had seven drives where they went three and out. They had only a couple more where, where they got one first down. They did nothing offensively, and late in the game, they were inside the five-yard line with a chance to go up two scores, and they smartly kicked a field goal. And I thought that was Bill Belichick saying, this Bill's defense is is too good for us. We need to just go up six points. That's the kind of defense Buffalo played, but they get a special teams touchdown. They knock out Josh Allen in the fourth quarter, and they do a lot of things defensively on their own to get the win. That
1: stopped me in my tracks, the decision, fourth and goal, to not go for it. Because it feels like a Patriots thing that they would go for it and sense the moment. But you're right. They had that much faith in their defense, which they should. New England's defense is incredible. And the Bills just weren't moving the ball. Yeah, I
2: mean, you locked up New England. But if someone had told me that you would have held Tom Brady to 3.8 yards per attempt. Sub-gabber zone. If you would have given up only 16 points to this offense, and if Frank Gore would have run for 109 yards at 6.4 yards per carry, I would have locked up the Bills. I would have thought they're going to find a way. to They're not an explosive offense, but find a way to get 17 points. in the- I mean,
3: the difference was the punt return touchdown the Patriots scored. The Patriots offense only scored 10. Bill's offense scored 10. And the Patriots defense was very lucky to hold the Bills to only 10 because the Bills did do a better job, especially in the second half, moving up and down the field. But the situational defense that the Patriots have, especially in the red zone with Jamie Collins and Kyle Van Noy and everything that they can do, was really special today.
4: You're tipping your, tap, you're tipping your cap to a good Bills defense and a well-coached team. But how much of this, do, does it raise any red flags for you on the Patriots offense?
3: It's a long season. I, I said going into this game, I didn't think their offense was nearly up to speed. Their offensive line got pushed around. I think this Bills defense had a great plan for them. I mean, yeah, they're have to be. they going to be a different team in December, one way or another. Whether they're better or worse, they're going to be totally different. The fact that they were able to sneak out uh, a win was nice. The P scale was high, though. Uh You you know, you haven't asked me that in a while. And I just felt like they were not the better team in this game. And so my P scale was. And I won't be asking
1: you on Thursday's preview show when they are preparing for the Washington Redskins either. Um, (laughs) Nice schedule for the Pats so far.
2: Feel free to lock that game up, by the way, Greg. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. (laughs) There's no rules. (laughs) I might lock it up because I'm 0-4 in the locks. We'll get to that on Thursday. Uh, John Brown, biggest individual play of the game. um, Takes the pass from Matt Barkley um, this late in the fourth quarter uh gets stopped at the 1 yard by Stefan Gilmore who makes an incredible tackle and that was the closest that the Bills came they they came very close to tying this game and multiple times Stephen yep. Hauschka misses a field goal a very makeable field goal at the end of the first half which uh you know obviously every point counts in a low scoring uh, game like this
3: the uh the Patriots knocked out Josh Allen in what you know i think is a controversial call i don't think it was a, a dirt. i mean a controversial hit they called a penalty on the Patriots it was a play where they were trying – it was a desperate situation. They're trying to stop him from getting a first down. He was picking up about six yards, and and I think – who was it? It was J.C. Jackson just knocked him right in the helmet, like cold in his tracks. They They flagged him. I didn't think it was anything – dirty necessarily about it, but it changes the game. Barkley came in there, had better decisions, moved the ball actually a little better than Josh Allen did, Can't but play. there were multiple throws where he just didn't have the Can't arm to, to complete now, the I thought it was interesting
2: game. the Bills tweeted out a video of Micah Hyde Buffalo defend, defender saying that, but Brady would have. If someone hit Brady that way, they would have been ejected. There I mean, might it's, be some controversial thing for a team to tweet out.
3: There might be something to that because in in that play, Josh Allen has kind of has his head down and is running. I would I just assumed he was getting that first down before he got knocked over, and you're treating him like a running back, and that's that's what happened. And this shouldn't be lost
1: in the in the mix either with Allen because he does go out with a head injury, and hopefully it's okay and not something that keeps him on the sidelines. Did not play a good game, Greg. Maybe you could shine a little more light on no. it. But just from what I saw, and when you look at his numbers, three interceptions. Um, they only scored uh, what ten points when he was on the field. And in general, uh, we talked about this leading into the game. This was a big like spotlight check on Allen, and he did
3: not exactly he can't step shoot up to straight. It. He hasn't in the first three weeks either. I mean, he started out the game. Totally abysmal. One for eight with two fumbles and two interceptions and 10 yards in the first quarter. He's not accurate. They came out after halftime. I think Brian Dable, who's their former Patriots coordinator, did a smart thing starting in them in tempo. They did a hurry up. They had a great touchdown drive. That was the only time they looked good all year, all game. Don't know why they didn't go back to that. But three interceptions and a couple fumbles, one that got overturned by penalty. No, nah, he, he hasn't looked that much better.
2: I can't think of a quarterback in the league where I would love to know what team brass truly think about him behind the scenes cuz there's mm. a lot to like about I think Josh they love Allen. Him. No, I think there's a lot to a lot to him that's positive, but the turnovers are you cannot advance in the NFL with that kind of an issue.
3: This is this is an a veteran defense. It really hit me today how Old. The key guys are... It's not a young defense. I mean, Devin McCourty's playing as well as he ever did. Jamie Collins is wearing the captain's green dot right now. That's where Jamie Collins is right now. Played every single snap. snap 79 snaps today. I, it, you're just Dan, trying to get Mark Angle. Dante Hightower's was, gone, and he was better than Dante Hightower could have been.
2: You know what? It, it is an honor. It's a total testament to New England because when he went to Cleveland and they paid him a ton of money, and they were not a good team, obviously, on any level, but he, he was accused by fans and onlookers and tape watchers of being a guy that was taking plays off and series at a time off, and you got the worst version of him. He goes to New England, they totally flipped the switch on the dude.
4: Well, if you remember, the reason why the Patriots traded him in the first place was the reports that he was freelancing on mm. defense and was just doing whatever he wanted to do. But a it's, it's similar
3: though. to Kyle Van Noy. I mean, who is he in Detroit? Right now, he is the best player in the Patriots' front seven, and, and he had a big He's game a today.
4: defensive player of the year candidate if he keeps playing like this.
3: By the way, before, that would be amazing. <laughs> before we move on, I want to point
1: one thing out. We've been joking about it the last couple of weeks. The um, tired um, uh, insight that the way to get to Tom Brady <laughs> is to, you know, you get push that middle, win the battle in the trenches, get pressure in his face. Well, there is a Patriots version of that as well that you hear oh. every game. Does anybody want to take a crack at it? Oh, because the Bills did a good job of that. They moved him off his spot.
3: They said that about 10 okay. times, and they did a good job.
1: The Patriots' version of the tired cliche analysis, Bill Belichick, this is what he does. He takes away the one thing you do best. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> takes away that one thing. I've been here in that and since makes the you 80s. Started with uh, yeah. Marshall Faw- I don't even know what that means. Takes Not- away the thing that you do best, and then now try to beat us. Let's move on.
2: Unlike other coaches attempting
1: that.
4: Thurman Thomas, 35 years ago or whatever. Takes it away.
1: Takes it away. We can, we can go. tucked in there. <laughs> off the right hip. Hand off Daryl Williams
0: trying to dive. 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 Touchdown. Kansas City. Darrell Williams gets barely into the end zone with 20 seconds left in the game to put the Chiefs up 33-30.
1: Mitch Holtis, Chiefs Radio Network, with the call. Yes. Darrell Williams takes it in one yard out, Patrick Mahomes converted a fourth down with a run of 15 yards to extend that game-winning drive. And the Chiefs survive after a Hail Mary that closed it. A 34-30 win over the Detroit Lions at Ford Field in a game that, uh, listen, they don't hand out medals and they don't hand out lollipops uh, to teams for losing. But the Lions deserve credit here for really playing uh, the Chiefs Wire to wire, and they played really well in this game. They played well on offense. Matthew Stafford uh, played again good football. Um, on Johnson had 125 yards, and the Lions uh, rang up about a buck 75 on the ground. Uh, their defense, specifically uh, their secondary, avoided giving up big plays, which of course is what the Chiefs do. And the 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 front four of the Lions consistently got Mahomes uncomfortable and mm. gave him I wouldn't say ha- happy feet but caused him to just throw him a little bit out of sync like when you watch this game again especially in the first two quarters I'd say there will be three or four plays that the Chiefs hit with regularity that go for 50 yards or 80 yards or 75 yards and he just Mahomes just kept missing them so and mm. it's it's a it's a credit to the the Lions for their effort but it's also a reminder that in a game where Patrick Mahomes does not throw a touchdown pass, which has only happened four times in his career, and he had 14 straight games that streak ended where he had at least two touchdown passes. Well, he doesn't need to fill up the box score to lead this offense. They they still uh, put up 34 points. He still went over 300 yards, and when it mattered most, when they're down three points, he takes over at their 21-yard line and goes 79 yards on 13 plays. Uh, for the clinching touchdown. So uh, the Chiefs showed me a little something, a little backbone uh, in a game that could have easily gotten away from them and they would have survived if they would have lost uh, and moved on, but they decided to find a way to close it out. And the Lions, they deserve some respect. They didn't win, and I still don't think the Lions are any powerhouse, West in the NFC, uh, but I absolutely think they showed us today that when they're having a good day, they could play with anybody. I
4: started developing some feelings for the Lions last week against the Eagles. I'm not saying I'm falling in love with them, but mm. there are some feelings there where this team is frisky. They seem to be well coached, whereas last year the whole narrative was that there might be almost a rebellion going on because nobody liked Matt Patricia. But they seem to be well coached. They seem to play together well, and, and like I said Thursday, they have good starters. I just, if they have an injury or two on offense, I think they're cooked.
2: It's uh, I mean, it, it seems like it was a game of what ifs though, because they had four possessions inside Kansas City's eight. Yard line and came away with ten points. There were three Mm. Chiefs fumbles at one turn of the point of the game, where Detroit came away with no points off of that. But I couldn't agree more. And and, you know, watching this out of the corner of my eye, the crowd was super into this. I think we've I've panned Lions fandom. I panned the home stadium, I panned everything to do with Detroit for a long time. I'm with you. This feels like a different operation, and it's not that surprising if you're Matt Patricia that there was a rebellion. If you're going to bring in a Belichick-like culture change, most teams are going to bounce on that in year one, and they got rid of some of those guys that didn't fit.
1: So the big, uh, you mentioned issues in the red zone. The biggest turn in this game, it was a 14-point swing. So, Walt Anderson is the official, the lead officier, uh, official of this crew that, in this game. It's the same Walt Anderson crew that blew the whistle in week two on Rams-Saints, costing the Saints a long time. They're having
3: a good return. year. I mean, Walt Anderson has been an NFL official almost longer than Erica, our, our producer, has been alive. I mean, like the lead official. That's how he's definitely been an official for a he's lot a longer than that. That's so ridiculous.
1: Walt, I'm sure, got called to the carpet after that game at the Superdome where they prematurely blew that play dead. Who knows how that game turns out? If, if uh, that touchdown sa- stands for the Saints, well, this was this showed some growth, or perhaps um, the ability to know that your job could be on the line if you don't straighten out. Because he does not blow the whistle on a carry on Johnson play near the goal line where he reaches out. Uh, about six inches shy of the goal line. It gets knocked out of his hands. Uh, And Brashad Breeland, to his credit, uh, he just jumps in, out of nowhere, scoops it up, starts jogging in the other direction. No whistles blown. No one is playing the ball, and he just jogs into the end zone. It's ruled a touchdown on the field, and then it stands on uh, review. So it goes from – it was 13-13. What could have been a 2013 Lions lead was all of a sudden a 2013 Chiefs lead. Mm. And again, to Detroit's credit, that was an absolutely crushing – Uh, setback at that point. Greg, I believe you uh, heard me say this game's over at that point because you just assumed that the Detroit Lions would crumble after that. To their credit, they kept on coming back. In fact, they took three leads in Mm. the second half, uh, but Mahomes and the Chiefs kept coming, and uh, they deserve credit for that.
2: Was Stafford banged up in this? I I thought I... Overheard that he was uh, not at full health. I
1: didn't see anything. Um, uh, maybe there was a, something of a, a hip issue. I'm not sure. I, I would have to. He do entered some more. the game with a hip. Yeah, up. he was playing through it, it but he played just, great, and he's. I think he's been very good for them uh, this season on balance.
3: The, th- it shows I, that the Chiefs are playing a different game than everyone else. Though when you're at, when you're without Tyree Kill and the other defense does all these good things to you, and Mahomes doesn't throw a touchdown, and you still wind up with 438 yards. Oh,
2: completely. They're just like that's <laughs> like
3: the baseline
1: yeah and i and i i kind of did hit on it a little bit but in that touchdown drive the 13 play 79 yard drive that led to the game winning score the detroit lions have the chiefs at fourth and 8 uh in the chiefs are in their own side of the field and they have the play well covered when mahomes drops back to pass and mahomes takes off for 15 yards keeps the drive alive hmm.
4: yeah i think this is this shows that this is a bad mahomes game you know, we see bad Cousins games or bad Trubisky games or bad Flacco games. In a bad Mahomes game, they score 34 points. He rushes for 54 yards <laughs> and has a an higher ESPN QBR than Matthew Stafford, who threw for three touchdowns and oh, played an almost yeah. flawless. And,
2: and at the end of the game, when, when with the game on the line and him set up to march for a potential game-winning score. I had no internal doubts that he was gonna get it done. And, and I know in a it, bad Mahomes game.
3: I know it's early, but I'm sure I wasn't the only Patriots fan, and maybe Ryan Bartlett, our, our producer as a Chiefs fan, was tracking the Patriots score. I, I was you know, seeing this and thinking we're down to the last two undefeated teams in the AFC. These were the best two teams last year. They kinda look like the best two teams so far. Like the race every loss between these two teams I think is important. And so I think you know, Well, it's clinched now for the Patriots. Why is that?
1: Because the Chiefs can only win fifteen. And the Patriots will win 60. I don't
3: think that's going to happen. So that that's over. Just saying. Each each one of the they're not going to be able to afford many losses.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's big. All right, let's uh, check in on the AFC North.
0: Mayfield with Chubb behind, a tall sweep near side. Here comes Chubb with a cutback. He's out to the 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. Here he goes to the 50. Here goes Chubb. He's going to go. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Nick Chubb. He's got a hat trick. Wow. 88 yards.
1: Jim Donovan with the call. Browns Radio Network. If you're sensing in Mark Sessler's voice a little extra, you know, pep to it, and if you look at it, the way he's walking around NFL pep. Network, pep, his little a little his step. Confidence. He's Skipping. smiling. Happy. He's a happy man. Strutting. And there, there is a direct correlation, everybody. The Browns win, Mark's happy. So we need the Browns to keep winning, just like today. 88 yards, Nick Chubb.
2: It's a... You 80. told you told our entire British audience that uh without we had not spent more than eight seconds together all day, but uh that's fine. You sit next yards. to
3: each other. What are you talking about? You know There was a there was a
1: difference to Mark Sessler today, and it's because of those Browns. Eighty eight yard touchdown run by Nick Chubb. Uh an important and impressive forty to twenty-five win for the Browns over the division rival Ravens. Mark, out of nowhere. The Browns two and two share first place in the AFC North. They're okay. They're okay.
2: It's and it maybe better than okay. It's how they won today, how they performed from wire to wire on both sides of the ball that has me and I was thinking about this downstairs. It this is the biggest Browns win in 10-15 years. There was a year they were 10 and 6 that they didn't make the playoffs. Here's why I think that's the case. Because we are two or three days removed from Most people thinking that Freddie Kitchens is someone who's in totally over his head. That Baker Mayfield talks more than he performs in year two as a quarterback. That the offense, which came in with so much hope, looked completely broken. And the, the, the words coming out of Cleveland from the coaching staff did not sound like we plan to adjust. We just plan to keep doing what we're doing. And there was legit concern about where this team was going and what the reaction would be for me three or four weeks from now if they started one and five. Or, you know, one and five, you go into your bye, then you play the Patriots season over. This is your most natural rival outside of Pittsburgh, the Baltimore Ravens. They were—they came from your own belly if you're a Browns fan. They were pulled out of the Browns' failure when they moved. It's a disaster, and they've been dominated by Baltimore for so long. And I thought this was the kind of Ravens team that might be the worst type of team for Cleveland to match up with. And Steve Wilkes has done an incredible job with Cleveland's defense. And I think we all we talk about is Cleveland's offense over and over it happened against the Rams. They had a great game plan with with their two with four defensive backs starters starters out last week against the Rams. Greedy Williams, and they they had two cornerbacks out again today. And you cannot tell the way that they shut down Lamar Jackson outside of some very frisky runs by the Ravens quarterback. They did a great job against Baltimore's mm-hmm. offense and that Nick Chubb run was something else that I have not seen them do this year. Really, you have to go back to last season, where they kept taking hope away from the opponent. And Nick Chubb had not, you know, they. I thought they needed to center this attack more around him. They found a way to do it today. Baker Mayfield was not badgered from wire to wire the way he has been in the other three games. And you got this result. It is hopeful. They've got a short week before they play the Niners, But I thought that they looked like a different offense that against what I thought the coach was gonna do adjusted, made adjustments, and got their act together. And it was it couldn't have happened a game sooner.
4: I'm not sure how this believing your own hype phenomenon works, but they must have just like they just picked this week to stop believing their own hype according
2: to the narrative. And it came on a day where Odell Beckham was not a factor at all.
3: Yeah, what are the odds that he gets twenty yards on seven targets in a forty burger? In Baltimore, big time concern if you're a Ravens fan about the state of this defense. I think you know we said going into it, this is a Browns offense that good defenses should handle right now. I I think the Browns offense that showed up today is was probably it was a lot about them, but still this Ravens defense when it's so early in the season that we it's such a small sample size that you see them against the Dolphins and the Cardinals and you think you think one thing, but as we're getting more information, they just don't. Look like the Ravens' defense we're used to seeing. And, well, they've
4: put all their resources into offense the last two years.
3: And Lamar Mania, which
1: was you know running wild in weeks one and two, things have cooled off a little bit. It seems in week three and four. What did you see from Jackson, Mark?
2: Well, they they, they put the clamps on him early, and you know the, the, I thought that he was going to potentially fry them with Marquise Brown, and they didn't. That connection did not work. Today and to me it is it is partially Baltimore, but I have to say Cleveland's defense is playing in a way that I I just don't remember them playing, and they've been good in every game except that opener where they got tired out against the Titans.
4: I think you can say Lamar Jackson's a special talent and he's as bright he has a bright future, and also point out that the only two quality defenses he's faced in his career are the Chargers' defense that shut him down in the playoffs and the Browns' defense that shut him down today.
3: Joe schobert has been playing well. I mean, they're just deep, the uh, deep. the Browns' defense. They're good on every level. How about a little Steve Wilkes come up? Didn't expect that to happen.
4: Top 10 defense this year. Hmm.
1: And the Browns have another primetime game next week against the Niners. Would anybody be surprised if that defense steps up again? I mean, we'll save that conversation for Thursday, but uh, it does feel feel like the possibility that they might have turned a corner with this game.
3: I want to see Mayfield, you know, do it week after week. I mean, I want to see this game closer too. But it sounds like he looked, he was making decisions, was more comfortable than he's.
2: Yeah, he, it it just looked like last year's attack, where the first three weeks to me was something completely different and uninviting. First Let- place.
1: First place, Marky.
2: I mean, yeah, baby. First place in week four. Talk to me in week fourteen, or but first
1: time three. in first place since when?
2: Since actually, I it was a night when they beat the Bengals on Thursday Night Football. Oh when, yeah,
1: like five years, Brian yes, when wow. you
2: you got you you. I believe the podcast recap dialed Dan and I up at Lost and Found. That was
1: a boozy evening, <laughs> as I <laughs> recall. Let's move on uh, to the NFC North.
4: One sack, one takeaway by the Bears defense without Hicks. And a Roku boozy Smith, first evening. Intent. Twenty-five the yard line under center, sidestepping to the pocket. Oh, the throw hit from behind. Ball, ball. ball is out inside the fifteen yard line. Pile up. Bears are ticket it away. First snap of the second half. As Kirk Cousins gets sacked on first down.
1: Huge play. Jeff Johnnyak, Bears Radio Network with a call. Khalil Mack makes big plays. And you heard another one there. Chase Daniel. Uh, threw for 195 yards and a touchdown after Mitch Trubisky went down with a left shoulder injury on the opening possession. And the Bears' defense absolutely took it to Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins in a 16-6 victory over the Vikings. Um, this was a home win, for a win for the home team. Uh, the Bears absolutely um, took it to The Vikings, Mark, your thoughts on this. Or Wes, this is your game, correct? It was. Yes. Your thoughts on the effort by the Bears' defense.
4: Well, I know everybody wants to give their State of the Union on Kirk Cousins after every (laughs) Vikings loss, (laughs) but this is on your radar. This ain't it, man. This is not – the quarterback has nothing to do with this game. It is a Bears' defense, a front seven that absolutely dominated – an awful Vikings offensive line. A Vikings offensive line that is terrible and has been terrible. They shut down Dalvin Cook. The Vikings offense had two possessions in the first half, nine plays in a punt where Cousins Joe. just barely missed Adam Thielen on this long play right here. I'll make the throw. Oh, you got to make that catch too. Hey, who knows whose fault that is? But on the next play, they go 12 plays. Next drive, they go 12 plays. Stefan Diggs fumbles. John Those their are their only two possessions of the first half. So they, look, that, that, like they look fine in the first half they look offensively. They fine in the first half. They just didn't have the possession. That fumble I'm blaming on Kirk Cousins. It should be blamed on the quarterback, clearly. <laughs> not, you know, they come out of halftime. First play Blind side strip sack, Cleo Mech goes right around Riley Reif, the left tackle. And it was more of that the rest of the way. This is an undermanned Bears defense playing without Roquan Smith and Akeem Hicks, two very good starters. They plug in Nick Williams and Nick Kwiatkowski. And against this Vikings offensive line, those two guys combined mm. for 17 tackles and three sacks, another tackle for loss. These guys were fired up, and the Bears just absolutely dominated. To me, this is more about the Bears defense than it is about the Vikings offense. And if you're looking for a scapegoat, it's the Vikings offensive line that is just not good.
2: And they were the scapegoat through all of last season, too. And they thought they fixed those issues. I, if you're a Bears fan, because Chase Daniel comes in today and, you know, he knows Matt Nagy's offense. Been with Matt Nagy longer than Mitch Trubisky. How concerned are you about Mitch Trubisky being out for a while? Because I thought Chase Daniel came in sight unseen and played pretty good game.
4: Well, I think history is instructive here. And last year he came in, played the game manager role, nursed a lead. Eddie Jackson had Mm. a pick six to help them win a game on Thanksgiving against the Lions. And the next week when nobody's paying attention to the game, he goes and gives it to a bad Giants team, and they lose with his two interceptions. Mm. I just think we know who Chase Daniel is, and he did a great job today. His job is to play the game manager, let the defense win the game for you. And when things are going right, he's capable of doing that. But he's just as capable of giving the ball to the other team and you see that he processes faster than Mitch Trubisky, which you would expect from a veteran. His ball placement is better than Mitch Trubisky, who is an (laughs) inaccurate passer. You'll see that the Bears will miss Mitch Trubisky's arm strength and athleticism when they play Chase Daniels. Well,
3: to me, history is instructive, and that history started June 28, 2013, when around the NFL uh, editor, Greg Rosenthal wrote up <laughs> Chase Daniel, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, as making the leap candidate. It's not too late. Wes, he comes in and directs four scoring drives out of the first five or six possessions. Let's go, let's ride.
1: Is there an expiration date on no? The leap? No, could, no, I think he you could you're always at some make some point, the leap, and we don't yes. even know what personal what way development in life. Right. Well, he could make the leap. He expired you know. last year against the Giants. <laughs> I was going to say though, if the story is written about his, him making
3: the leap with the Chiefs. By the way... Do you get it, credit for it? Well, my, I don't know. My favorite part is the headline, Making the Leap, comma, number 35. Oh, my God. <laughs> I did wow. a top 40 countdown that year. Well, we all did, actually. Yeah, count. that's, that's, that's to, what I mean. You know, I yeah. mean, I assigned we it We all out. were part of that. It's
1: nonsense. Um, Wes, you're saying... Makes so much sense about Daniel. He doesn't need to be a star. Just like Mitch Trubisky doesn't need to be the star. Kind of get out of the way a little bit. Just do what you have to do. Be a game manager. And this team could be playing in the in the first Sunday in February.
4: I think this defense is every bit as good mm-hmm. as last
1: year. It's well, an unbelievable defense. And, and that's two things I'm learning. We're amazingly a quarter through the regular season now for the most part. One, the Bears defense is just as good, if not better, than it was last year. So look out. And number two, I was I was big on the Vikings heading into the season. I'm shook now because this game, especially when the other team loses their starting quarterback, and then you don't even you're not really competitive. They're they are several steps below where Chicago. The,
2: the Vikings, you know, it, it, there's a long way to go, but. They to me, I they've lost my trust in terms of as soon as they're put into and it's not just a Kirk Cousins thing. I don't love Kirk Cousins either. I don't feel like he's going to suddenly go on some hot streak and win nine games in a row. Skepticism
4: is understandable.
2: It's fair and like I just to me Minnesota feels like your ceiling is about nine wins, and if you ever snuck into the playoffs, as soon as your environment becomes unfriendly on any level, bye bye. This
3: division's going to be tough, and this is a bad road loss. The takeaway I think though is that. You know, ultimately, these teams are built similarly. The Vikings have so much money in their defense. They've been building it up for a long time. And it's, it's a good defense, but it's nowhere near as good as the Bears. And that's the difference.
4: I agree with that. And don't let Mike Zimmer off the hook for this one either. He cost his team three points by calling a timeout when the Bears were set up to punt on the Vikings' 34-yard line because their kicker has a bad plant leg and can't make a fifty-one-yard field goal, Zimmer calls a timeout, and Nagy says, "All right, you can give me time to think about it. We'll just pick up the first down." <laughs>
1: they
4: go and get they go pick up a first uh, down and kick a shorter field
1: goal. I, I defer to your knowledge on this, Wes, and you watch this game closely. Um, I, don't, I don't know you're going to let Cousins totally off the hook, though. The fact that he's – he ju- is, is he just a guy? Is that who he is? And then if he doesn't have I, the right setup around him, they're doomed? Because I think when they signed him, I think they thought he was more than that. Well,
4: I just don't want to litigate start. this after every single game. Like, are we going to do this after every State of the Union, after every Cousins game? He's kind of a fascinating guy for people I from get, that perspective. I get that. I'm begging people to watch the game. Watch the game, and this is all Chicago's defense and Minnesota's bad offensive line, some penalties, and the Diggs play was a killer. Like, nobody's going to get on Diggs for that fumble.
2: Mm. All I'd say, though, is you look at someone like Deshaun Watson, who's been sacked at, like, near historic levels early in his career, and he's someone that, you know, it's not every week, he creates and comes up with stuff on his own under duress, and I just don't he's trust He's a better player. I well, I mean, he court. had a, he had just as bad of a game as Cousins It's today. just that you've paid Kirk Cousins. Spoiler I get alert, that he's Wes. a free agent. Well, I— it's not every week with Deshaun Watson, but Kirk Cousins has been paid the kind of money where he's going to get talked about week to week.
1: Let's uh, let's move on to the highest-scoring game of week four.
2: or of 2019.
0: Oh, my God.
1: He fumbled the bubble. It's loose. It's picked up by the Buccaneers to the 30, to the 20, to the 15.
0: And down the concert. Sue it again, and Damacon, stupid score <laughs> Bucks And Willie really Buccaneers are going to beat the Rams with a minute six to go. Fifty-four big points on the West Coast, a new Buccaneer record. Gene Deckeroff,
1: Fox Radio no Network, uh, Shaq Mason, Strip, Jared Goff, and Damacon Sue Snatched the loose ball, tuck it to the house. You heard it—the clinching score in a fifty-five to forty win. For the Buccaneers over the Rams at the Coliseum. Jared Goff finished with over 500 yards passing. But he had four turnovers in the Rams' first loss of the season. The Bucs, they got 385 yards and four touchdowns from Jameis Winston. West is going to have to eat some humble pie about that. Wait, <laughs> then Mariota has just as good of a game?
4: Uh,
3: don't, that's, not, that's, that's not what don't I'm saying. That's what you
1: parts. said on you, Thursday, that you, it's been decided. That's Winston, you, better no. than Mariota. You dismissed Winston's <laughs> effort last week and I said it had no Giants, indication on how we should look at this game. He carried that performance into a second lights-out performance.
4: He has my attention. Okay. I, I also think it's important to be anchored by four years of data so you don't flow away one I Sunday. I got your
1: data right here. <laughs> Anyway, Winston Goodbye. Winston uh, had a big day, career day for Chris Godwin, who has who has emerged as one of the best second bananas in the NFL behind Mike Av- Evans, and the Bucks uh, head to London at two and two.
3: Is that right? No. Yeah, we're gonna see the Bucks. And the, the and the Panthers in a couple and, uh, weeks. And uh, that game's looking they a little the better. They the Saints next week. I mean, if, if, if Matt had just hit that kick, this Bucks team's 3-1. and
1: one. I'm so excited about our trip to London. I'm getting ahead of myself. But uh, yes, a, a really, really important win for the Bucks, who, as we know, had their hearts ripped out when the kicker blew uh, the chip shot after Bruce Arians, the coach, moved them back five yards. They somehow lose a game to the Giants at home. And they go to L.A., and they absolutely light up the Rams, and do not let do not let the numbers fool you. Um, the the Rams finished with um, well over 500 yards of total offense. Uh, but Todd Bowles' defense did a good job overall in this game. A lot of that was just counting stats that the the Rams piled up. They made big plays, a- and the Bucks are two and two, and got to be feeling pretty good right now. Very good, in fact.
3: Especially because Bruce Arians was brought there to bring some the offense to life. And now we've seen that for two straight games. And Godwin's a 1A right now. I mean, his numbers are right there with anyone in the league. We've been honking about him on this show since the end of his rookie year, and there's not many slot guys like him in the league. That's as good a one-two punch as there is. When
2: Arians said this is going to be a 100-catch receiver— and if a day like today, twelve, he's, for he's on page for about
3: one twenty-five, one forty right now.
1: We said a- after week two, and Mark, you you have the theory that Arians maybe doesn't really want to be here. <laughs> well, this or something. may have
3: this may have helped. Um,
1: but <laughs> after that, those first two weeks where the uh, well, Winston was a mess in week one. Uh, week two, they get uh, they have another quiet game offensively, but the defense does a nice job. The last two weeks, they've had almost 1,000 yards of total yardage on offense. Um, So there is absolutely potential here for this to be a very good offense. And who knows? They could be – this could be a frisky team potential. I don't want to get overly pumped up about the bus because what Wes is right about is Winston does suck people in a lot and he will have moments like this or even game stretches and then throw three interceptions in the first quarter uh, in his next game. That could – I obviously happened, but you can only at this point look at where they are right now and the fact that Winston is with Bruce Arians for the first time. And if you're a Bucks fan, look at that with hope that maybe he is turning the corner.
4: Well, the let's Bucks, give Byron Leftwich some credit. He's the one calling the plays. All right, so let's good do job. that.
2: I mean, the Bucs, to me, have been a team that, you know, coming out of Hard Knocks a couple years ago, there was a lot of optimism. Last year was, oh, they added all these parts on defense. There's more optimism. They've never been the sum of their parts. And today, you're finding out, last couple of weeks, they, they're living up to their potential and you feel completely differently about them. Well, even in this game, Winston threw a killer interception
3: pick six late in the game that let the Rams Very bad back throw. in it, but then he responded with the touchdowns and then... Your boy Mark Sessler, Shaq Barrett got one of those two sacks that he needs to get to ten for the year. You said it's not going to happen. Well, sandwiches I, on the line. He's I already he had he had would, a game I did winning. four sandwiches. <laughs> I
2: said what I because this is going to drift away too to talk about not anchored is that these fast risers on like early season guys that have eight sacks in three games that a lot of times they end up with like nine. Well, I mean, he, just stacked, he just Shaq Barrett is someone stacked up like with with the biggest nine. play of the week on top of the last. I, I I would happily be wrong about him specifically. What I was discussing is. Is true as a statistical anomaly in the NFL oft happening.
3: I don't think you're – this is going to be a fun game to watch on Game Pass, but it might set a record for the longest. It, it, the Rams had 81 plays. The Bucks had 73. The Rams only ran the ball 11 times. They dropped back 73 times. They, they did wow. what I think a lot of teams should do. The second they fall down two or three scores, literally don't run. Throw the ball every single time and stretch out that game for as long as you can, because who knows? You might get into a situation where Jameis Winston throws you a pick six and it's a one-score game in the fourth quarter. They stretch this thing out. This is the longest game I've ever the seen. Fourth- P- predict the game pass
2: length. Let's try this. 46. Forty-three. Forty-three.
1: Forty-three.
2: Forty-six. Uh, this. The winner gets sandwiches. How about that?
1: Is it the iPad version or the desktop? No, the
2: longer version, version of the two.
1: Okay. Forty-two.
2: I'm going forty-nine. Yeah, I think Mark. No way.
1: 49?
2: Thanks. They're going to find a way, the, the editors, to indulge themselves.
1: Yes. Goff, you know, 45 <laughs> of 68, 517. <5-17. laughs> what a weird <laughs> plot
2: line no one cares about except for us. <laughs> uh it's
1: been work yeah, week. It was not a good game for Goff. Todd Gurley, we talked about on Thursday, is this going to be his coming out party? He hasn't had a 100-yard game yet. Uh, and yes, they threw the ball constantly,
3: but five carries for 16 yards, did score two touchdowns. Um, yeah, I mean... Goff made some pretty throws. though. That's the thing. He He's saying it's a bad game, and it was with all the turnovers. But he Every did throw, week He, has he did throw for 500 yards, He's turning the ball over quite 40 a bit. points.
4: Well, this is the first time the Rams have fallen out of first place since Sean McVay was hired. Ooh. And I don't know who this Rams team is. I thought they had an improved defense, and they give
3: up 55 points to the Bucks, and they still don't have a consistent running game. Well, here's here's the thing: we saw it on Thursday night. Defense, you know, improved defenses are nice. It it doesn't matter in the – I mean, it does matter because you have to win different types of games. But they're going to get blown out. they're You're going to give up yards and points some game. It's 2019. Even the Bears, hate to say it, you're going to have to score some points or else that team's going to you know, get hit and knocked down at some point. I mean, good defenses are not as good as great offenses. Uh, I want
1: to give one final shout-out before we move on. Matt Gay, who got killed by me and a lot of other people after blowing the game last week, the place kicker, he drills a 58-yarder. Uh, in this game. And that then, had
2: you riled up downstairs.
1: Well, not only a drill, I mean, he smacked it up against the net. It's just, it's a guy that stepped up in a big spot. And then after that terrible uh, Winston pick six gave the Rams life, and it was 45 to 40, I believe, um, or in that range. Um, he hits another field goal that essentially gives them the distance they need to win the game. So a nice bounce-back performance by a kick.
2: Do you believe that you've motivated him during the week with your comments? Did, Do you did want those, my honest answer? Did yes. those get to him? Yes. Yeah. That's my <laughs> That's honest That's what answer. I would imagine you'd say.
1: Let's move on. I mean, you asked me a question. I'm going to answer it. To the
0: left. On third down and six. Allen, Allen is
2: almost
1: sacked, but he keeps his balance. Now he throws to the right, and it is caught at the 12-yard line. First down, Panthers incredible. Jerry Wright right from Kyle Allen, who went off script and played it just right. Mick Mixon with that draw. Panthers radio network, nice and smooth. Kyle Allen evaded a sure sack by J.J. Watt, delivered a huge completion. The most important play in the Panthers' 13-10 win over the Texans in Houston. Allen lost three fumbles in the game, but the Carolina defense stepped up huge in shutting down Deshaun Watson, Nuke, and the Texans offense. Wes, had the Panthers do this? Well, their defense
4: has 14 sacks and four takeaways in two games since Cam Newton went down with a foot injury. They sacked Kyler Murray eight times a week ago, and they sacked Deshaun Watson six times today, hit him 11 times, hurried him 19 times. And we know that some of that is on the offensive line, and some of that is on Deshaun Watson's playing style. And to Mark's point about Kirk Cousins, who it can be said that he holds the ball and then probably checks down too often. Deshaun Watson holds the ball to go for big plays. And today he missed a few of them. Mm. He had some open and he missed them, and he said after the game, look, that's on me. I held the ball too long, and I didn't hit the big plays. Mm. That's his playing style. He holds the ball too long, which contributes to his hits and sacks. I I think this offense is fixable. They've been under, I believe, thirteen points or under in two of the last three weeks. Let's get some sync uh let's get some uh rapport between Watson and his offensive line on that and his receivers. But you have to give the Panthers secondary a lot of credit too for Kenny Stills injured his hamstring in the first quarter and was their leading receiver midway through the fourth quarter. Mm. James Bradbury did a really good job on DeAndre Hopkins today, and and the Panthers' defense was lights out.
2: Hopkins, 41 yards. There's not too many weeks where he's not, no matter how the team is faring, he always produces.
4: And threw an interception, a very costly interception on a trick play, and Bill O'Brien killed himself for the play call after the game.
2: Weren't we just discussing Bill O'Brien and uh, his lead pastor individual (laughs) inside the building as uh, front office executive? of the year. Well, and days, them we as still- the
3: favorites in the AFC South, which I still think they are, but it's a division, you know, spoiler alert, everyone has the same record right now. I think they're the most talented, but they're they're not a team that's you know, bulletproof, especially when they're playing Lazarus. I mean, Ron Rivera, we talked about it a couple weeks <laughs> ago. He rises from the dead. Every time you think he's about to lose his job, what do they do? They smack around the Cardinals on the road. They Their defense shows up like that. That's kind of what Ron Rivera has been able to do over the years. At a certain point, you kind of, you know, just got to figure that's what he does. That's his move. He's going to use it.
4: Well, I think we see their formula now and it might be similar to what the Bears have going on. They probably trust Kyle Allen a little bit more than the Bears trust their quarterbacks because Kyle Allen's played pretty well. Well, outside of the three strip sacks today when she lost three fumbles and that's my biggest concern with him is how he deals with pressure but you can see that he's got the touch he's got the accuracy he makes pretty good decisions and he's got an mvp candidate at running back oh. christian mccaffrey 37 touches today Oof. 179 yards careful a touchdown He he put the team on his back.
2: He had also, if you haven't looked at the replay, go find this third uh, down catch where it's bobbled through the air, and it's the one of the more acrobatic, athletic movements you'll see all season. And they're
3: developing an identity. Brian Burns is playing with his you know hair on fire. They have Dontari Poe and Mario Addison. Shaq Thompson. They're winning these games without without Kwan Short. Shaq Thompson doesn't leave the field. Now he's replaced Thomas Davis. They got a lot of pieces.
1: I understand you're in a tough spot with Cam Newton out and. Allen, who's shown things, but still you you really need McCaffrey to be your centerpiece. I'd be curious to check out where his touches are through four games. They I don't, don't want to manage that a little bit. It's you don't season. want to be doing 37.
4: He's so valuable they don't think they can take him off the field. And part of that has to do with the fact that they've never really had a great backup behind him.
1: All right. Uh, let's uh, go to the AFC. A West-South showdown. Brissette just stays in the gun on this first down and 10. Again,
0: intercepted. Going to be a touchdown. Going to be a touchdown. Eric Harris, what a game at safety.
1: Well, that's one of the finest plays I've seen Eric Harris make in a
0: mighty long time.
1: Let's go to London, boys. <laughs> Brett Musburger, of course, the icon. And Lincoln Kennedy with uh, inside there KCBS. Eric Harris stepped in front of the... Uh, Eric Harris, passed, excuse me, Eric Harris stepped in front of a Jacoby Brissett pass and took it 30 yards to the house. The clinching touchdown in the Raiders' 31-24 win over the Colts. Uh, the Raiders got a huge play there by Harris because it did feel like a game that had the potential to slip away from Oakland. Uh, the, the Raiders, who had done really nothing on offense. Uh, in fact, they had two scoring drives in their previous 18 possessions entering this game. Mm. They get... Up 14 nothing early. In fact, they score three touchdowns in their first four possessions, the Raiders, in this game, but then go cold again. Uh, uh, so Carr, Derek Carr finished fast, ends up throwing for less than 200 yards. And at the point when that final interception was made, it seemed like the Colts were going to find a way to win this game. But instead, the Raiders get it done. And uh, I just think... John Gruden on balance so far. Again, we're at the quarter pole. I know they said there's no such thing as a quarter pole. Well, guess what? I don't care what you say.
4: Oh, the horse racing fans, all three of them get upset about
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> at the quarter pole. Hey, how about you keep your horses alive a little better? Go take your race horse racing.
1: and stick
2: it up your butt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> at the quarter pole, the Raiders are 2-2, two and two, and they are on a absolute marathon road trip. It's absurd the way this has been set up. And uh, John Gruden, love him or hate him, uh, he has right to be annoyed. The fact that they are going
3: 42 days between home games in well, don't, How about don't botch your stadium situation and not be able to afford uh, well, to the keep Buc- your team the Bucs in Bucs Oakland have a so place. that you have to give up your game and go to London every Well, year. the guys in the yeah.
1: locker room have nothing yeah, to do with I that. I get it. Uh, but they, they still, this is their second road game. Now they go to London where they're the quote-unquote home team. Then they have a bye. Then two more road games. They don't play uh, at home again until November 3rd. Um, against the Lions, I believe. So any win you can get during this stretch, if you could survive this this brutal uh, slate where you're just traveling constantly and you could be in good shape, well, maybe when you get back home, uh, you could be a little frisky after Thanksgiving. And and so far, again, the Raiders, not a not a great team, probably not even a good team, uh, but they are showing fight, and this was a really nice effort on the road against a, a Colts team that we all like a lot.
2: Yeah, incredible. I mean, there's all those studies every time the Raiders have to travel East and play the early game, how they're like one in a billion when they have to do that. So credit to them. I will say though, they caught the Colts at the right time. You've got T.Y. Hilton out, Darius Leonard, and a, a Defensive Player of the Year candidate, out with a concussion. Malik Hooker at safety, out. And they lost Marlon Mack for a big chunk of this game. You, you, they're a deep team and they're well-built, but you get to a point where you can't compete. I agree you, with you
1: know. that. And you you could see that uh, when you guys check this game out. You'll see it, too, that Brissett really did look a little bit lost uh, without... Uh, T.Y. Hilton, who is so important in this offense. We saw that when he was on the field in the first three games. He is Brissett's go-to guy uh, when it counts. And with him on the sideline... Uh, they barely moved the ball for the most of this game. They finished with three hundred and forty six yards, which is not great, but not terrible. But then uh just know that more than half of that yardage came in the fourth quarter when it was just a mad scramble mm-hmm. to try to get back into the game. So Indy kinda had a lost day on offense, um, shorthanded at wide receiver. Funches, of course, is also out and um and the Raiders showed up and balled out. And the Raiders that.
3: leading receivers, Darren Waller, again, seven for fifty three. Wes mentioned you know, that Eric Ebron might be the next 1,000-yard tight end. Or 1,000-drop tight end.
4: No, I don't think it was. I
3: mean, not Eric Ebron. Uh, Evan Ingram. Uh, Evan Ingram. Thank you. Different E.E. Yeah. Uh, Waller's on pace and then some. You know, look, he's got he's got 300-plus yards. He, he's writing quite a story. I mean, he might be a Pro Bowl type of tight end. He is a really fun to watch. He's come back from, you know, addiction. He's a guy that John Gordon literally signed because he liked the way he looked on the sidelines. Right. I mean, it's wild that he's, that he's a leading receiver on a 2-2 and two NFL team. Ultra rare Hard Knocks
1: guy. It's so easy to fall in love with Hard Knocks players that are fo- featured on the show. And like Greg said, his addiction backstory made him a compelling figure on the show. And then he would be killing it in these slow-motion NFL films, practice highlights, and then he steps into action and is just as good. You never see that in Hard Knocks. It always plays you for a fool, but not in this case.
4: Can we talk about a generational cheap shot artist, dirty player?
1: Oh, my God. Yes, Vontae's perfect. Absolutely. As cheap shot as a cheap shot can be, uh, goes for Jack Doyle, who is in a very vulnerable uh, position after making a catch, goes helmet to helmet, and good on on the officiating crew uh, who take a look at the play, and in addition to the 15-yard personal foul, say, get out of here, Vontae's perfect. Mm. And at what point is the NFL just going to say, get out of here, Vontae's perfect, period? I've got a couple stats for you. Okay, let's hear them. Last year, the league
4: imposed more than $165,000 in fines against Perfect for illegal hits. That's just last year alone. This is from the Football Zebras Twitter account. There are six times in 100 years of NFL history when a player was suspended multiple games for an on-field infraction. Two of those times are Vontez Perfect, and I would bet it's about to be right. three of those. Times. If you're
3: if you're going to London, you're going to see cha- the game next week, which looks yeah pretty good. All things considered, Raiders Bears, you know, three and one versus two and two. I don't think you're going to see Mitchell Trubisky. I don't think you're going to see Vontaze Perfect.
2: Perfect. If I got even one of these fines, my bank account, our entire family structure would crumble. I can't get a eighteen thousand. You don't stop 000. the run. Let's Thank move God. on. <laughs>
1: Let's go. He takes a shotgun snap. He's back to throw. He's under pressure. He throws it over the middle. Intercepted. He threw it late. Picked off by Peppers. Running down the right side to the 10th. Touchdown, Giants, Jabril Peppers. Haskins was under pressure. The throw was late off the back foot. Peppers ran it all the way. And Jabril
2: Peppers with the pick six.
1: Bob Papa with a call. WFAN, Jabril Peppers. First year as the Giants scored on a 32 yard interception return. The knockout blow for the Giants. And an easy 24-3 to win over the moribund Washington Redskins. Daniel Jones is now 2-0 as the starter. Wayne Gallman ran for two scores in place of Saquon Barkley. Mark, Dwayne Haskins made his debut for the Redskins. But there's no stopping the suddenly resurgent G <laughs>
2: Honestly, I know they're not a complete team. But the, oh, you have the absolute right to bring that chant back and do that as much as you want, because they are fun to watch. And I know that the the knock is their defense is utterly inept. Not today. I realize you're playing a team in the Redskins that at this point I would put around Dolphins level in terms of unwatchability and uh, the, in terms of their on-field capabilities, planless, like uh, you know, it w- they couldn't have made it more apparent that Dwayne Haskins was not ready for prime time with coach with the coach's comments, you know, hammering that to us week after week. And you put him on the field today because Case Keenum is is not functioning at all as your starter. Big surprise. Who saw that coming? And Haskins was absolutely victimized. And I he he is just he. For what he does well, he's got a big arm. He's also just not—he has not, not seen the field, and
1: he doesn't look ready. That's like kind of what as, we had been as, hearing. So you know yes. that was
2: true from yeah. the coaching staff. And with Daniel Jones, you know he there were there were some issues in this game for him. He had a couple bad interceptions. But what I love was that Pat Sherman made the comment after that after he threw the two picks on the sideline. It wasn't like a rattled you know deer in headlights type thing totally composed, came back, made some big throws. When he's on the field, guys like Sterling Shepard, we've talked about Evan Ingram, come to life. Wayne Gallman, as you mentioned, had a big game, and I thought that they – it's not that they didn't miss Saquon Barkley because he's a super special talent, but they ran for 164 yards at 4.4 yards per carry. With Jones in there, everything just functions a little bit differently. Clean water, fresh stream, not a dirty pond like they were with Eli Manning at quarterback. And the
1: Redskins stink. Right.
2: The Redskins stink, but they also they won 24-3, to three, and they didn't get—you They didn't, you know, the Redskins have had a couple right. quarters where they put points up on other teams. They didn't against New York today.
3: Right. We give the Bears credit for totally shutting down the Redskins. I think it's significant that they held the Redskins to 176 yards and three points. If you're not going to—if you're going to give the Patriots credit for, like, trouncing the, the weak sisters of the NFL, that's what— competent defenses can do. Now, I don't think the Giants defense is suddenly going to be competent, but can they improve? You know, teams change a lot during the course of the season. They're going to be totally different in December. Can they improve from the 32nd best defense in the league? to somewhere around 20th or 23rd like the rest of the way is that possible that they can scheme that up and that will help them be competitive with a young quarterback like i think that's yes. sure. possible and it's just we're, as possible this is an outlier and right. they'll be back but to it's, their something, it's ways. something to watch and they're two and two
2: well it helps when you're not you know th- with eli in there and it's not just on eli manning entirely but they were a three and out operation that had it seemingly planned one offensive drive, and then they dry up uh, uh, the attack the entire rest of the game. That's not true now.
4: Danny Dimes gets golden tape back next week, too. Mm.
1: You know, I just clicked into a New York Post story um, about Landon Collins. You know, he, I guess he, yeah, his first game of the Giants. Oh, I forgot the this Giants, revenge game. And that, you know, obviously didn't work out for him. But what I really want to bring up is on the sidebar of the New York Post, there's a trending now in sports section with three headlines. And uh, I just want to read them off because they're all compelling. Okay. Odell Beckham is choked out in Browns-Ravens' Raven, fight. NFL villain at it again with ghastly headshot. I assume that's our friend Rontez Perfect. And Bill's coach escorts Bill Belichick's son off-field in sketchy scene. <laughs> Who is Wait, what? It's <laughs> like a gossip. Yeah,
3: that was what is the uh, third one? That this was, is the
1: best like website for pro football, the, the post.
3: McDermott got all fired up at not Steve Belichick, but another Belichick. <laughs> And another Patriots staffer who was like watching the Bills warm up and they got into some sort of argument. Ooh, Sean McDermott was one of them. No, he was. He was in. Oh, it. It was all footage. it was all on video. <laughs> I, we, this was a big story, you know, for the pregame shows. And then everyone realized like, OK, it was just kind he of he shooed them thing. off the field.
1: You don't want to
4: mess with McDermott. That's, That's good. a state high school wrestling champ, isn't it?
2: That is he, he was a wrestler. All right, let's he, move on. He told us that himself. New York Post, yeah, you know how to Secondary
1: get that
0: clicks. Step on screen. It's intercepted. Cloudy. 2015 oh. 10 5. Hello, Mr. Cloudy. Touchdown. Seahawks. Jadavian Clowney stretched out, reached his arm almost to the ceiling, pulled the ball (laughs) down on a screen pass, and took it about 30 yards for six. Seattle goes on top now by a score of nine to nothing.
1: That's how you do a radio broadcast. Steve Rabel, Dave Wyman on the call, Seahawks Radio Network. Jadavian Clowney. He looked like a tight end on his interception return, covering 27 yards for a TD. Uh, Seattle's first score, touchdown of the day in a 27-10 win over the Morabund, Arizona Cardinals.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> <What>? <right. laughs>
1: Michael Kendricks finished with two sacks. Chris Carson went over 100 <laughs> yards for the Seahawks, who are 3-1 with a huge Week 5 matchup against the Rams looming. Greg, uh, what did you take out of this game?
3: Uh, that the Seahawks are ready to win some games like easily that Russell Wilson doesn't need to do crazy things to be an MVP contender through a quarter of the season, 8.6 yards per attempt doesn't have an interception this year, eight touchdowns uh, for him and that they can just kind of have a no drama free game. Like you never see that out of the Seahawks. They were watching the Rams game and on their, in their locker room. And when and Sue ran that touchdown for, back for the bucks they erupted and I like that it's like there's a little bit of a rivalry there that's the Thursday night game this week the 49ers are undefeated this division is interesting except for the Cardinals it's fun by the way that who are not interesting it's fun on Seahawks Corner do you want to come back you're I never I never put your stuff away it's all your room is just no as I'm good. Wa- I'm watching them it's been fun it's fun okay. to watch them you I, want I, back in. I guess I come, on, come on, You are back. <laughs> back in. I guess I kind of want back in. It's like when when they're turning Will Disley into a thing. Will Disley, Will Disley has almost more catches this year than he had his entire college career. He ran like a five two forty. He came out of nowhere, and here he is as their leading receiver. What's not to like about coming off a
4: patella torn patella tendon? Right.
3: That's right. This, That's you got to use clowny on offense. The Card- <laughs> Yeah, the Cardinals are the one <laughs> NFC
1: West team that doesn't excite you and that's not what this was supposed to be this wasn't supposed to be a Super Bowl campaign for the Cardinals but the fact that they're not really moving the uh, the meter that's not a good look well they
2: were the unknown and what we're knowing about them is not particularly interesting and it, not interesting is not what I expected uh, I thought it would either be an epic disaster or something that the shocked the league and it's kind of neither really it's just yeah. blah, yeah. middle place well, they haven't
3: won a game and they, they got blown out twice at home in a row here so that that's a bad sign David Johnson looked better today, 133 yards from scrimmage. I thought he had some of his old juice, which was nice to see. Okay. But but not, what, like,
2: not on the ground, though. What's going on with he, the, He's had three oh, were, games under 40 yards. They were trailing. The you know, that
3: Clowney injury happened. I mean, the Clowney touchdown happened. They really went out of their way to establish Chris Carson, who had a great game, 143 two yards and it was just a nice this was a, a Sessler fever dream game as we talked about downstairs it was quick it was over in under three hours easily it was a blowout I mean Sessler that's how that's how a pro this. football
2: like, game should get like execution
3: shooting in the back of the head bang it's over quickly the their yeah. linebackers I'm really impressed by the Seahawks linebackers they never leave the field they're the only team in the league really that's like that Michael Pete Carroll
1: Ken- said this is the
4: best linebacker Corey's had
3: I, I don't doubt it Michael Kendrick's Played awesome today. KJ Wright has played great last week, and you're playing a team that plays four receivers every snap or, or many snaps, and yet you don't take your linebackers off the field. Like that is tough to pull off. But you're you're right when you're talking about Kingsbury. You know what we haven't seen out of them is like a, a schematic advantage, right? You know what I mean? He hasn't come in and provided like a, a schematic. I think Kyler Murray looks. Quite good. I think he had a fine game today despite uh, the final score. It we're, just seems
2: like we're, oh, oh they're going to they're gonna revolutionize the game with the pass happy. It's well, every team in the league that isn't completely out of it is pass happy at, at historic levels. So how different are they than anyone else at this point?
1: Where did um, Kyler Murray's height come in for this game? Five two, five one.
3: I mean this was the short guy bowl here. Five-0. so shout out to uh, short men everywhere. Stay strong, stay proud. You know, we love Stay you. Proud.
2: He can't look too big with with uh, a Clowney streaking by him at like six foot eight. And no, that was hundred pounds. That was muscle. kind of a
3: fluky, uh, uh, a tough play for him. But it's
2: like the Cardinals have no ability to come back. Our friend Jason Zumwalt's ready to call it a season. I think yeah. his
4: counting numbers don't look that bad, Kyler Murray, but he's dropping back as much as anyone and getting first downs less than anyone.
2: It's a problem.
1: Let's move on.
0: I-formation, single receiver, Brown, wide layup. Play fake. Mariota fires over the middle. There's Brown at the 40, at the 35, at the 30, at the
1: 25, at the 20, at the 15, at the 10, at the 5. Touchdown, Titans! A.J. Brown, 55 yards! (laughs) It's fun. Mike Keith with the Call Titans Radio Network. Marcus Mariota threw three touchdown passes in one half. That's got to be a record. Uh, two to A.J. Brown, including the one you just heard. And the Tennessee Titans snapped an ugly two-game losing streak with a 24-10 road win over the stumbling, the moribund yeah, it's Atlanta hurt. Falcons. <laughs> Wes, uh, uh, this is all this is all the script for the Titans. Just when you're ready to write them off, they deliver a complete performance to remind you of their potential. But what does it mean in the big picture?
4: They have the potential to go 9 and 7 and lose it in the first round of the playoffs. I'd be mean, good luck figuring this team out. They it was so unusual to see a wide receiver making plays for the Titans. And AJ Brown was beating Desmond Trufant today and you see right here making plays after the catch runs away. And it does remind me a little bit of a young Anquan Boldin the way he plays. He is huge. physical. He's very physical. He's good after the catch. He's huge. And you don't see guys like Corey Davis drafted fifth overall doing stuff like this. Now Corey Davis did get a touchdown, but he's not making plays after the catch like that. Um, but the, the receivers won the battle against the Falcons' secondary that hasn't been very good this year. And the Falcons have fallen behind twenty-eight to nothing to the Vikings, twenty to three to the Colts, and twenty-four to seven to the Titans. By halftime, I mean this. This team has been out of three or four, three of their four games, and it's pertinent that the head coach fired his top assistants last year, and the owner is paying out more cash for his players than any other owner in the year two
3: thousand nineteen. I'm bummed out. I'm, I'm always the guy who's not going to say their season's over or anything like that. But this this result, seeing them go down like this today, got me thinking. I will be bummed out if the the Falcons era under Dimitrov doesn't get closer it doesn't ever win that Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like if I I kind of oh, you don't get it both ways, Greg. What do you mean? Your your team is responsible for the most <laughs> destructive loss any team has ever suffered
1: and now you're going to cry about I was how, all about oh, the fucking not there that the Falcons. Well, then you should have been rooting I'm just for the saying Falcons like at I,
3: 28 to 3. I with it. <laughs> No, please. Uh, I thought, I'm just like, you're playing both sides on this one. I was all about the Falcons the year after that. I just like the whole vibe of the organization, and now I'm just surprised that there's there's as little fight right now to start this, this season. This seems like a team that needs a soft reboot, and it's too early. It's both too early and
1: too late because the season's already started. They're already in a deep hole now at 1-3. and three. Not too deep, but it's not a great situation. But it's more the way that they're losing, uh, and we all have to watch this game closer. But, I mean... It's the way You don't really it just, have to. Yeah. Is it one of those types? Yeah. Of games? You don't. West there's the nothing bullet. you're
4: gonna get from it other than the Falcons just aren't very good.
1: Is that what this is? They're just not a very good team.
4: Well, look, we can say are we, they
1: a, a good team that's playing very poorly? I don't think they're very good, and we yeah.
4: can say we like Dimitrov and we like Quinn, and we do, but we don't like the product they've put on the field since the Super Bowl. Since Kyle and, Shanahan hey, the left. Next
3: year
2: I did. The next year I did. but since, With
4: Sarkeesian's lost offense that year? I mean, it, ever since Kyle Shanahan's left, what, what is this team's identity?
2: Well, and Quinn has talked about, you know, his defense like Seattle is going to be urgent, fast, disruptive. And Mar- Mar- Mariota looked terrible in the Jaguars game, which feels like two years ago, because Jacksonville piled up nine sacks in that game and made life about as impossible as you could mm. on a quarterback. None for the Falcons they- today. Mariota was kept clean on
1: the subject of the Falcons they did to their credit or as an organization and to the players and and Dan Quinn they did recover from that absolutely staggeringly terrible Super Bowl loss they were a we Matt were Ryan pass
3: away yes, from beating right. the Eagles in
1: Philadelphia they we were at the Coliseum in LA when they beat a very good Rams team in the wild card round they were but really since the moment Julio Jones slipped in the end zone in Philadelphia in that divisional round playoff it has just been a kind of a sad slog for the Falcons and I know they put up a lot of good numbers last year offensively, but this doesn't—it doesn't feel like this team has juice right now. No,
2: and it, not- it's – sorry, they remind me of the Panthers. Who, it's just a reminder of how impossible it is to get back to the Super Bowl. And you can still be competent, but it's not nearly good enough.
4: I think you can watch teams like the Broncos, Bengals, Vikings, and Falcons, and get frustrated with all four of them for the same reason: the offensive line is blowing things up.
3: Mm. Quinn's got to make a new T-shirt. Yeah, they did this Brotherhood one where they're all holding each other this last week. Oh. Didn't work. Didn't work. No. What who do the Try Titans me. have next week? A lot of T shirts. I, I cannot wait to see.
2: I what think the some of the
3: angry Falcons fans call him Coach T shirt now.
2: Oh, kind of stuff. Uh, let's see. The I, Titans the- have the Bills.
1: Oh, that's pretty good. At home. Josh Allen. We'll see if he's playing.
2: I mean if you're if your thing is you're looking for a, a back down turn, it, the Bills no, defense. Well, doesn't not necessarily feel great for the- they Matt could,
1: Barkley and Nashville. They could, <laughs> they could put two or three good games together. What they need to do is show that they can sustain You know what I'm talking about. They're
4: going to reel reel me back in for a game. They (laughs) just need to stay
3: in that range where they can get to nine. That's the goal. That cannot be the goal. The goal was supposed to be better than nine, but
1: this seems to be their fate. Oh,
4: credit to their secondary today, too, which really controlled the game and held Julio Jones down for a while. Titans' defense looked good today.
1: You know what I mean, though, Greg, right? I don't mean to be uh, overly passionate about it, but when you talk about how you really feel bad for the Falcons – you know, as a Patriots fan, you did this to him. You
2: created. I didn't the tell do that they live anything.
3: I didn't do
1: anything. You played
2: your part. <laughs>
3: <laughs> remember the photo in the box. I mean,
2: all the that things- gri- The
3: evil grin
1: you had. We'll have to was resurface it, that. It
2: wasn't. A- well, I don't even well, remember what that. Which Patriots winning Super Bowl <laughs> that was? Oh, that was might have played. been the
1: Seattle. Yeah, I uh, think that that was, that was satisfied.
2: <laughs> it was satisfied.
1: All right, not evil. Satisfied <laughs> grin. All right, uh, let's keep moving.
0: A 33-yarder from just inside the left hash for Lambeau. Here we go. Cook gets it down. Lambeau kicks it up. And the field goal is good. Lambeau. Is good. The field goal is good. And
1: Jacksonville has beaten the Denver Broncos 26-24 at Mile High Stadium.
0: This one belongs to Duval. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Mike Franchi, I like it. Jaunty. By the way, update, breaking news. Mark saw the movie Sirens with J.Lo. Was it, is it, no, Hustler. it is hustlers. Called hustlers. hustlers? hustlers. Sirens with El
2: McPherson. Siren Anderson. is a yeah. yeah it's that was a early totally night. different film.
1: Well, I want everyone to know that the scale's been balanced out because I just thought of it. Because Josh Lambo, Mark told us today that he saw Rambo in the theaters. Everything's even. even Rambo. Steven.
2: Rambo colon Last Blood, and is I'm not going to suggest. One? By the way, it Last is Blood
1: is the stupidest name of a movie ever. I know there was First Blood. Bl- last blood. I mean, the blood? It's,
2: it's thematic. If you're looking for stupid, it was. But it, I, I kind of enjoyed the film. To be honest, you know
1: first blood. You know, last blood. You
2: enjoyed it. I did because I went in thinking this is just going to be 90 minutes of total, you know, revenge. It's like, it's like last
3: blood until they cut off, you know, Stallone's Social Security. Then we'll go like last blood.
2: <laughs> I don't think he's coming back from this one based on what I saw. But <laughs> Josh Lambeau, no
1: not John Rambo, <laughs> went four for four on the day, including that game winner as time expired, lifting the Jags to a 26-24 win over the still winless the moribund Denver Broncos. Uh, Gardner Minshew heated up in the fourth quarter after a slow start. Leonard Fournette had a career day with 225 uh, yards on the ground on 29 carries. Mark Jalen Ramsey, heroically, he was able to summon the energy to come out of his home and be on the sidelines of this game. for this game. Uh, well, he got a good show. He got an up-close view and another exciting Jaguars win.
2: He did. I've mentioned before that his focus is a laser focus, and he, he was zoned in on this game uh, watching it from the sideline. And was he, he
1: was he in a hospital bed on the sideline, or was he able to stand no, up right? Where is he ba- at physically?
2: Seemed... Uh, Nimble, bouncing exactly. around so a little unfair. bit. I, I, I was under well. The he did welcome he like his second injuries. child.
3: It's not like they made that up.
2: No, that he was had exactly. a daughter.
3: Yeah. Well, why isn't he playing, man?
2: I this game, and I you know it, it makes it look the score 26-24, a little closer than it was because you'd be hard pressed to find a contest where one team was as thoroughly dominated for a twenty minute stretch as Denver was in this contest. They they flat go through two early touchdowns that made you think this is the perfect way for Denver to get out of their 0-3 hole. And Nick Chubb, Von Miller came to life. They sacked Gardner Minshew five times today. But before the half, Flacco threw an unforgivable pick that allowed the Jaguars to go down, kick a field goal, and I believe that made it 17-6 at the half. And then from there, Jacksonville came out of the locker room and absolutely... Dominated with a 16-play touchdown drive. At one point in the going, heading into the fourth quarter, they had held the ball for like 13 and a half minutes. Denver's was, offense was just taken out of the game. They weren't even allowed to come onto the field, basically. And it was Leonard Fournette, the laughing stock of Thursday Night Football two Thursdays ago, who dominated Denver's tired-out defense. I think Denver's defense just got winded and exhausted by the end of this game. And they this allowed the running game, Jacksonville's ground game, to absolutely explode late, which helped Minshew a lot. But Minshew also, despite getting hassled and he was on the run a bunch, showed some great movement in the pocket in this game. There's one play where he unfurled a completion, but he had to change direction in the pocket and climbing out of it like five or six times. And... I am so impressed Looked with him. Look like he him. was slalom skiing. He really did. I, I'm so impressed with him because, yes, I know he has a nice mustache and all this business, and, and you know they're milking that for all it's worth, and that's fine. But he is a player that gives me hope that in the in the AFC South, which is a weird division. I'm not counting them out. The reverse, they, they're tied for first. With they're everyone tied else. for first when their defense did what it did against Tennessee, where they're dropping nine sacks. They didn't happen. That didn't happen today. But they stepped stepped up around their quarterback and, and produced in a tough place to play. I don't care if the Broncos are zero and four or not. That's a tough stadium to go into, and they came and delivered. It was go watch that third quarter. Total domination. He's been
1: streaky, but when he's gotten hot, he's saved their season basically because they yep. could have been dead in the water after their starting quarterback goes out in week one. And instead he's a guy that while not a perfect quarterback, and usually six round picks are not perfect, he seems to have a little bit of just, you know, well, he's clean. If he's, he's not clean.
3: making mistakes. And I think they're doing a good job calling plays for him, John DiFilippo. Filippo. He does not go down the field very often, but he doesn't put them in bad situations. And when they do go down the field, it's very effective. And time of possession in general is overrated. But when you get when you have forty minutes time of possession and it's almost it, all that advantage is in the second half. It, there, something happens to your defense, yeah. That, and, they, and they went up and down the field. That's the
2: thing: It's the defense. This was going to be, you know, the defense, their game that you've waited for from Vic Fangio. And instead, what you remember is that they absolutely got gashed down the down the stretch.
4: Every time I looked up in this game, DJ Chark was having a big play taken away by penalty. It's been every week. He well, looks yes. phenomenal,
2: but the, but he is his connection with Minshew has been consistent. And forget D.D. Westbrook and the rest of them; he's the dude.
1: Is Minshew, and I don't want to undersell his his future. He's obviously just starting out in the league. Is he potentially the the next generation Ryan, Fitz, Ryan Fitzpatrick? Like a fun? Oh, I think he's better. Than, I like him better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, I'm just saying Fitzpatrick is you know 13 years later or whatever it's been has had a lot of great moments in his career. Not a champion or anything, but I mean, even if that is his ceiling, uh, that would I think the Jaguars would sign up for that, considering uh,
3: what, what what they were entering the season
1: with.
2: Well, what? let's put it this way. He's just created a 10 year career for himself, one way or the other.
3: Right. I don't want to undersell his upside because if uh, a first round pick came in and played the four games that he did, we, we'd be, you know, writing sea poems about him I, to use Mark Sessler's phraseology.
4: The Bills sign fits. Fitzpatrick to that, like, six-year, $60 million contract at one point, and he only lasted a couple years. But nobody really ever Pretty saw good. him as the franchise guy. No. There is a chance that Minshew could develop into— Well, there is a little
3: t th- about him, especially seeing them win on a game that it didn't look like they were going to win on a field goal in Denver. It, Not the, you know, the, the mania around him or whatever, but just that they're finding ways to win these— these crazy sort of games and it's like the close, I don't know.
2: Crazy. I would say that the, the mania with the looks and the all this other business around him is actually, it does him a disservice because you think that that's why everyone is hyper-focused on him and that's why a bunch of people are. But if you took all that away and just looked at the way he plays and if he were, to your point, at the draft pedigree had been there, people would be going absolutely nuts about who he is on the field. If
4: Nick Foles was playing like Gardner Minshew, people be like, all right, the Jags are in mm-hmm. great shape. Yep. They've got their quarterback.
1: Um, and Mark, you, you saw the game so you have a better idea of it you said the Broncos defense looked gassed at the end of the game uh, so I won't I can't kill them having not watched the game but I, I will just po- make a stop. I will point out uh, Joe Flacco for all his um, ups and Sports? downs this year uh, takes them down the field late in the fourth quarter six plays 75 yards eight yard touchdown pass it's 24 23 with 92 seconds to go and just like the Steelers last week, uh, when you thought that their defense would be able to close out a game that they desperately needed, you would think that the, the Broncos defense would summon that to be able to get out of here with a win, but they just well, didn't there was, have it in them.
2: There, I, I would imagine Broncos fans are very upset about a roughing the passer call on Von Miller that sprung Jacksonville for that game-winning drive, but it was a fair call, I think. And then on top of it, they gave up a huge chunk run, mm. and Minshew made key throws, and that was the whole second half.
3: Outside of Miami, that might be the most depressing uh, season ticket to own right now. You've seen two games in both of them. You've lost at the buzzer on a field goal.
4: And both of them, your quarterback, who hasn't been that great overall, has the go-ahead touchdown pass with a minute remaining. You still lose.
2: You can't kill Flacco, and he becomes lazy to do it week after week. But there is something also about him where just, I don't know, there's a sense of... He's not inspirational. Not at all. Just
1: a guy at this point, right? Isn't that kind of what it is? He's just kind of a guy now,
2: right? Yeah.
0: Ocean man is Eckler. And Rivers climbs the pocket. Finds Eckler left sideline. One man to beat. Five. Into the touchdown. Chargers. Into the end zone for
1: Austin Eckler. It was a hesitation by the official. He strums the guitar. And the Chargers put six on the board. By the way, that receiving touchdown means that he has now posted at least three in each of his pro seasons. That is the first time an undrafted running back has done it in the common draft era since 1967. See, by the way, you don't. I always thought this. You don't need move the sticks in that booth. Daniel Jeremiah is the color guy. Well, guess what? Matt Money does it both. He can, he'll give you the highlight, and then he'll give you the insight, and then and the, yeah, the data. Mean, so I, what? It, it's totally redundant to have move the sticks paid by the Chargers.
2: Some would move the sticks. Hearing this, might argue that it hit, hit what you know. <laughs> don't don't step on his part of the role here. But fair enough. I don't like what you're doing there. You're trying to create dissension.
1: (laughs) I think Matt made it very clear. Matt Money Smith, the voice of the Around the NFL podcast, what's going on in that booth. Philip Rivers threw for 310 yards and two touchdowns. That was like his
3: moment. He was like, that's what I can do. He's like, I'm getting on the ATN podcast. Forget you, Sticks. He's been Scully. I'm on a
1: successful As, has podcast.
2: Ever, has his voice ever been included in any of these Chargers highlights that we've done?
1: Very briefly, and I've instructed Erica to avoid it when possible. <laughs> Phil Rivers threw for 310 yards and two touchdowns, including that 18-yard hookup with Austin Eckler. Chargers cruise 30-10 win over. Now, I'm not going to say it because they don't even deserve that. The miserable Miami Dolphins. Greg. The Chargers had rough losses in each of the past two weeks. Luckily, the schedule gods
3: gifted them Sunday with potentially the worst NFL team of all time. Yeah, and the the Dolphins showed in this game for the second straight week that they can be competitive for a half, and they could have easily had the lead uh, after one half of this game, just like against Dallas, but, but they didn't. And then it's like the other team gets down to business. The Miami Dolphins have had 21 drives in the second half of games this year. On those 21 drives, they have failed to score a point. Oh, no. I mean, this is the NFL we're talking about. Ufa, it's, it's, it's outrageous. Oh, no. I, I don't know what more there is to say. Melvin Ingram got hurt in this game. That's a concern. Melvin Gordon did not play in this game, so he was active. But they an emergency did not u- need to use him. And uh, Philip Rivers did what he does, which, I, which is an underrated part of uh, his skill set. He improvises really well. You don't think of him as kind of an improv guy, but that Austin Eckler touchdown, for instance, was him moving up, looking to his fourth read, and he just kind of makes something out of nothing on a lot of these plays, and that that's all he needed to do.
4: The Dolphins' point differential of minus 137 is the worst through four games of season since at least 1940. The previous worst, 1954 Redskins, -122. So the
3: Dolphins have blown them out of the water.
2: I mean, they are going to set some records, not the ones that they were they're going to be tweeting out for the next 200. And again, Rose
3: like Rosen started out the game well, 6 for 6, 102 yards and a touchdown. They didn't punt or turn the ball over in the first half. I mean, their offense played pretty well in the first half. And still when you look at this Dolphins team, I think maybe the most frustrating thing is all the guys that in theory would you would want to be core guys are playing terrible. I mean, Charles Harris, their defensive end, is doing nothing. Kalen Balaj is doing nothing. Jerome Baker and the CFL um, linebacker that they were all excited oh, about McLaughlin. going into the season—they're not playing well. Like the the young guys who you would want to be building around are are some of the most disappointing players. And so that's like an extra layer of pain for this team.
1: <laughs> that was a. That's now 120 regular season wins for Phil Rivers, the first he ever had in Miami. His quote. It has been a long time. Myself, I haven't played worth a hoot there the last two times. Rough days for us. It was good to win.
4: Is a hoot bad? No. It's like worth an S. It's great.
3: You know. This game was a hoot. Yeah, I don't know. Just rolling up on him. I mean, he was about perfect today. Sunday night football.
1: Two seconds left on the clock. This will be the last play of the game. Dak Prescott in the gun. Three receivers to the far side. Takes the snap. Saints brings five. Prescott throws this one. It's not even going to get to the end zone. It is intercepted. Marcus Williams and the New Orleans Saints take this one from the Dallas Cowboys 12-10 on a phenomenal defensive performance. Oh, yes. Marcus Williams, there is life after the Minneapolis miracle. Zach Streif, Saints Radio Network, with the call. An excellent defensive effort by New Orleans to get that final stop on the Dak Prescott Hail Mary, closing it out, a 12-10 win over the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football, a game in which Teddy Bridgewater, again, stepping in for Drew Brees. The Saints didn't light it up on offense, but Wes, when they needed the defense to step up, they sure did, and a great Cowboys offense really had no answers tonight.
4: We were questioning a few weeks ago if they should be going with Taysom Hill instead of Teddy Bridgewater, and Teddy hasn't played great. But this team is now 2-0 and without Breeze, and the two teams they've beaten haven't lost to anyone else. I think Saints fans would have been happy splitting these last two games mm. if you told them that a few weeks ago, and now they're sitting pretty. And you can't say enough about their defense, their leadership, their coaches to to win against on the road at Seattle and then to beat a Dallas team that looked gangbusters through three weeks.
3: It's a come-down-to-earth come game for the – Kellen Moore in this Cowboys offense. I mean, any thought that, okay, hey, we haven't really, we played three of the worst defenses in the league, and now they come out, they put up 10 points, they put up 250 yards. This is very similar to the Cowboys-Saints game last year, which was 13-10. to 10. This is 12-10. to 10. Both games had under 500 yards of total offense. Neither of these teams moved the ball, but the Saints are loving it because I think the Saints and what we saw today with the Bucks game and we saw it in Packers-Eagles, and we've seen – you have to be able to win different sorts of games, I think. there's no, You're not going to win just with defense or just with offense. you got to be able to adapt. And the Saints have shown that they can win with Kamara
2: and a little bit of uh, magic, a little bit of situational football. I thought that against Seattle in Seattle last week, the Saints controlled the line of scrimmage with their defense early, and they made life very tough for Seattle's ground game. And then in this, it translates again. 1.9 yards per carry for Ezekiel, who never really wow. got unhooked. And the Saints teams of olds that we covered for years, if you said New Orleans is going to score 12 points with Teddy Bridgewater, no way do they win those games. They're a much more balanced team. They're well-built. And any victory with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback is a coup d'etat at this point. To go 2-0 on this journey so far, they're going to run away with this division if they keep mm. this up.
1: Like we said, Teddy was up and down in this game, and his worst moment Uh, came in his final possession, his last snap. They are in field goal range, up two points, uh, and he gets overwhelmed by a a strong uh, Dallas pass rush, loses about 14 yards on a sack. Uh, Instead of having Will Lutz, who's almost automatic, attempting to put you up five, you have to punt it away, and the Cowboys take over fairly deep in their own end. Uh, However... In addition to the failure to get into field goal range, as you heard uh, the interception there that sealed the game, Tyron Smith, the star left tackle for the Cowboys, Jerry Jones said after the game has a high ankle sprain. And we talked about high ankle sprains, a terrible injury because you never know how, long, how much time it could cost you, but they tend to linger. It's the same uh, type of injury that Saquon Barkley has. Well, now uh, the blindside protector of the vaunted Dallas offensive line could be on the shelf for some time. We'll have to see how that plays out.
3: That's that is a, a massive loss. I mean, that was a, a terrible moment for the Cowboys.
4: And they they play against the Darius Smith and Preston Smith and that Green Bay Packers defense next week. I mean, that's so
3: that's why we like the NFL. It flips pretty quickly that the Cowboys suddenly okay they've they've got some issues to work out. The Saints are feeling good. I liked what Daniel Jeremiah. I know um, you know you've taken some shots at him, Dan. On well, with good some reason on this episode. With good reason. I liked what he tweeted earlier today, which was essentially don't put much stock into. The previous month, what's happened? The preseason sort of o- over. That most of these teams and the players have knocked the rust off. You've kind of put out the tape, the tape into the ether, like Kellen Moore. That now other teams have a feel of okay, what's this team doing this year? And moving forward, you kind of this is where we start learning about teams. I think there's a lot to that. You don't like to think that the last month was meaningless, but. There's some of that, that the teams are going to be so different. And that's why, especially for the Saints team that doesn't have Breeze, it doesn't matter how you're winning these games. Just stacking up wins is math.
2: Be as ugly as you need to be. Get the win. And like just the fact that that division is crumbling around them to some degree, too. They have the Bucks next week, though. Teddy,
1: Teddy said to Michelle Tafoya after the game, no one said it had to be pretty. It was not, but the Saints are feeling good right now. And as we hit the quarter poll, of the season, and we're going to talk more about it this week on the Around the NFL podcast, uh, which is the show we're doing right now. I don't know I'm saying it like I'm talking about a different show. This is the Around or the NFL Or as if podcast. you're telling
2: us that. We're it quite is, aware.
1: The NFL is so wide open after this uh, preseason part two. Uh, <laughs> once you get past the only two undefeated teams, well, there's three, including the Niners, but the Patriots and Chiefs, it's really hard to figure out who's the true power players, but a Saints performance like this, with Drew Brees getting closer, you feel confident having them obviously in that conversation, and the Cowboys as well. Win or lose today, uh, you you feel good that these are two of the best teams in the league.
4: Absolutely, I think mm. when you look at the league as a whole, is there even a third good team in the AFC? That's a question
3: I would have. Well, I also want to see the Cowboys like perform against other competent defenses and and see more. We know well, tape how on strong their roster is.
4: We know this This is a playoff-caliber team. I don't think one loss at New Orleans changes.
3: No, but I want to see their offense against more quality defense just oh, to, absolutely. See, to see what they and, do.
2: And I wouldn't worry about records at this point at all because I'd take a Philadelphia Eagles team over other teams with better records right now because mm. they've played through a lot of ups and downs, and they what they did in Green Bay was huge.
1: Okay, program note before we sign off. A reminder that a week from Friday, October 11th, at the Curtain in Shoreditch, London, England, the Around the NFL podcast is live, and tickets go on sale Tuesday, this Tuesday, 7 p.m., GMT plus one. I don't know what that means. I'm just reading the copy, and I hope it's very clear what that means. 7 p.m., GMT plus one on Tuesday. Tickets go on sale. Where? Do we have a Ricky, do we have a link
2: yet? It has not been announced Ooh. yet.
1: So, uh, where can people find it? Where will it
2: you should be looking at our, our socials around our, the NFL around on the Twitter. NFL handle. Personal, we will we will make we'll sure we've all tweeted we
3: have, it out. We have itself. another show or two the before
1: tickets so. will go quickly. So, be sharp on Tuesday. All right, that's it. Then <laughs> heads is signing off for Quiet Storm, the Mailman, the Old Boss, Ricky Hollywood, Ryan Bartlett. And the whole team behind the glass, thank you to everyone. Till Tuesday.